When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Well, he's about to get into his sport coat for Big Red Wrap-Up. We say hi to Blackshirt Husker NFL, or longtime friend of the show, Jay Moore with us. Jay Bird, it's a uh, wrap-up Tuesday. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? We're uh, we're hanging in, you know. Uh, yeah. Another press conference Tuesday. The Vegas folks say 15 in the Goves. Uh, I don't care who's playing quarterback. When's the last time Nebraska's been dogged by 15 at home? I don't remember. Oh, gosh. It has I don't remember that as well. Like never? Hey, golly, <laughs> never. I mean, we've lost more games than we, you know, obviously we've lost more games as home favorites in the last six, seven years than, mm-hmm. than I can obviously remember. But, yeah, I can't remember ever any time Nebraska has been a two-plus touchdown dog. I mean, it's kind of it's a, it's sad. I, 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 half of that's got to be Vegas wondering where what mm-hmm. Casey Thompson's status is. Obviously, if he plays. I'm, I'd bet the Huskers all day, but if he doesn't, man, mm. uh, I'd have a hard time uh, betting Nebraska. I'd like Minnesota. Just uh, just out of what we saw last week, mm. and I obviously I know I know if they know Casey's not able to play, you would think Smothers and Purdy would be much more prepared than than what we saw, you know, on Saturday afternoon against Illinois. I think you got to go back to some of those Ohio State teams, like 2017. Ohio State. Yeah, you're that, probably right. Yeah. But, but, I mean, that's Ohio State. Nothing uh, – uh, this is always the precursor. No disrespect, dot, dot, dot. But, I mean, this is Minnesota we're talking about, not not uh, the Ohio State. Jay Moore is with us. Jay Bird, let's start with Illinois and what you saw there. I thought the D played well. They weren't perfect. They played well enough to win. And I really do like Whipple, but man, I just think as inconsistent as the run game has been, it gave you some glimpses. And then I have no idea. You tell me what the hell happened at, at, at quarterback going with Smothers and then and then switching up to Purdy. I mean, the guy just doesn't look ready. Yeah, I totally agree with the defense, especially when they were backed up as much as. Um, as much as it happened with the turnovers in the game, they're able to hold Illinois to field goals. You know, those are always that's those are huge plays to somewhat keep momentum or keep down the momentum from the other side uh, during the game. But then you look at what happened early on in the game. Nebraska was able to move the ball, run the ball pretty consistently, and then you already you kind of hit it there. Even with Casey still in there, they thought they had to try to take the top off for some reason, and maybe and maybe that was kind of in the game plan. But again. I just have a hard time if something's going and you, you know, when you can't, <laughs> you haven't been able to run the ball consistently majority of the time, all of a sudden you're able to get, you know, four or five, six yards of crack mm-hmm. against 
you know, the best defense statistically in the nation coming into this game, you'd think you you would stick with it until you know don't fix it unless it's broke. Mm-hmm. I know you have to you have to sprinkle in some passes to to keep them honest and and just to soften them up a little bit. But yeah, that was that was a little perplexing. And then obviously once Casey went down, that whole situation of you you bring in you bring in Smothers because you wanted to get you know get the option looks going, get the QB run game going, which I love. Been kind of wanting that if just as some sort of package throughout the year, especially when your your line struggles as much as it has this year. But then they say you know we felt like we had to. Uh, throw more to get back in the game with Purdy and we put Purdy in because he can throw well I didn't see a quarterback who could throw it all out of him on Saturday so that that whole plan needs to get scrapped going forward especially if Casey's not able to play I mean I don't know Chubba can't I mean he just was not simply could not complete a pass he made poor decisions I like Smothers in there I feel more comfortable with Smothers in there I think you got to do that I think just get the QB run game going if Casey's not able to play and and then implement some very high percentage throws. You know, you're not, you know, that's that's the hard part is when you have weapons like a Trey Palmer and you want to be able to take the top off a of defense, you want a guy that can potentially do it. Well, Purdy wasn't able to do that on Saturday. So I'll take, you know, bubble screens and, and easy passes and just some dig routes and, you know, tight vocal legs sitting down in the middle of coverage all day for Smothers just to get something going. I mean, because without, without Casey, this, this thing's going to go down the tank. You know, very quickly offensively. So you got to try to do something to salvage what you what you have in the rest of the season. But the, yeah, I don't. Um, the play calling inconsistencies was was very perplexing. Obviously, then they're the bringing in Smothers and then and then Purdy was uh, just was. I have to question that whole ordeal as well. And going forward, if it, if it's not Casey, it needs to be Smothers. Uh, Whipple has to, you know, get rid of the the stubbornness. And it's just all about listen. <laughs> we had to do something to to get the five wins, six wins, whatever it may be. Obviously, you'd like to be six wins, but just something to to be productive because what we saw, you know, in the second half against Illinois was that that's just not going to get it done. That's not going to get it done against anybody. Mm. You know, that wouldn't, got it, that wouldn't have got it done against Georgia Southern. That wouldn't have got it done against North Dakota. So they got to figure it out. They looked lost. Maybe go a little Debo Samuel and, and put Palmer in the backfield and, Throw it to him out of the backfield. Get your best guy the ball on some some easy throws. Jay Moore is with us. Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay, talk to me a little bit about what goes on in college football from a practice standpoint. And I talked to coaches, guys that you played for, both staffs, and there's, there's different philosophy, and you have fewer and fewer four station practice setups you just do you just have more of a pro style practice mentality and a fear of injury from a development standpoint you still got Saban you still got Kleiman down at K-State there there are teams that look like they hit and and practice and are physical and the backups are ready Uh, and and there are teams that that don't and Nebraska's quarterbacks didn't look ready because they weren't getting reps so at least that's what what I was hearing and, and what Mickey said, that's my interpretation. Look, they need to be more than mental reps. What's the what's the, the way to go? I mean, why why is it so hard to practice everybody and develop everybody uh, versus just the, the first team or, or even a second team guy? Yeah, I think I was part of the stations when I first got to Nebraska. 
with Solich and obviously transitioned to more of the pro style with with Bill. But I will say our practices with Solich and our practices with Bill were just as physical. It was just in a different manner. Let me ask you this. Would, would, would you have gotten the development had you not been second team or first team under Bill? Let me ask you that because it sounds to me like – Yes, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, very much so. We actually were – I can't remember who asked me this question the other day. I can't remember if it was a Raider or not, but if you weren't part of the too deep or you didn't, I should say, play right. in the game that Saturday, they would come out. They would so the people who played, the guys who played, we'd come in on Sundays and we would we would do a light lift, uh, do a light run, and then we'd go watch the film. But the, for the guys who didn't play, and there was a lot of them, you, they actually came out in half pads and did physical work on a okay. Sunday. Okay. So that was done. They would spend a little more time after practice, especially this is this is a lot of O-line, D-line. You know, it wasn't a lot of wide receiver stuff. It was just strictly O-line, D-line, guys who didn't play. They were coming out and doing, you know, one-on-one drills, stretch drills, you know, um, you know, run blocks, you know, all sorts of stuff. And that's, I mean, Bill understood that. He, you know, they need to develop O-line and defensive line. That's just, that, that'll be, that's what you have to do from until the day football is done being played. That's that's what you have to do. You have to develop your offensive alignment and your defensive alignment. So the effort definitely the effort definitely was made. You know, year one with Bill, we we didn't practice as physical, mm-hmm. uh, but we that changed that changed that fall. He says we're practicing more physical, and I mean if I was I mean we did Oklahoma drill every every day. That was Tuesday, Wednesday during the week. We took the pads off on Thursday and Friday, obviously. But uh, yeah, we. It, it was very, very physical. You can you can have a pro style, you know, deal and in in practice physical. Hell, you can even you could even wear pads if you wanted to halfway through Thursday, you know, Thursday's practice, and so you can get some good nine on seven work. Then you take them off. So there's ways there's ways to do it. It's just you have to be you have to be smart about it and somewhat calculated. But in in my mind, the best teams in college football practice physical. Alabama practice physical. Ohio State practice physical. Michigan practice physical Clemson. You go down the list. They have the they have the recruiting classes. They have the talent, but they have the, they get they get out of their they get what they want out of their talent. They don't come here and get worse as we've seen out of you know a lot of players. I feel like the last you know four or five years, or or you have guys like Matt Farniak and and Brendan Hymas who are playing on NFL rosters, and we and never would have thought those guys would be NFL players because how they played here. But someone takes a chance on them and develops them like boom. Huh. Interesting. How how that works out when you get good coaching, right? And, and you get developed. Uh, you you get you can get a lot out of your guys. Jay Moore, a couple minutes with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Jay, we're we're both in agreement that Smothers could be a, a maybe a better option. You still have a week. So what are you doing? If Pretty's your guy, and I get being loyal, if Pretty's your guy. How do you get him ready this week, and what are you calling? I mean, he's he's athletic enough to use his legs against Minnesota. What's your offensive game plan against the the Gophers? Yeah, you just got to simplify it. You got to figure out what what he can do well, and what the offense can do well with uh, a not very good offensive line, and just somehow pare it down. I don't think you need to be you don't you don't need to have a fifty sixty you know sheet play call. This is. <laughs> This is about 15 plays, and just totally simplify it. You know, obviously have some different wrinkles off of, you know, your fundam your your foundational plays. But 
let let Chubby move the pocket for him, high percentage throws. You take some shots here or there, trying to take top off with Palmer just because that's what we've done all year. So you might as well give it a shot and let them, uh, you know, know it's there and, and respect it. But try to get the run game going and just keep it simple with these, with these guys. Take care of the football. You can't turn the ball over four times again. That's just not going to work against anybody. So that's that's just, I would say, totally simplify it for him. And you, you can probably institute some QB run game with, with Chuba. You know, that way you have it both. You're working it with the ones and twos mm-hmm. on both lines. So that's that's I like that idea to be efficient. So simplify it, institute some QB run game, take care of the football, run you know run the football, control possession, you know time of possession if possible. It's that's I mean that's that's about as easy and simple as I you know I, mm-hmm. I think it, it, it needs to be. Jay Moore's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Jay and Big Red wrap up tonight. Jay off the board here, you know your reaction to Michigan State, Michigan, the tunnel fight, did you ever, did it ever get chippy? Do you remember it getting chippy uh, on the road anywhere? We got, it got a little chippy before we played Colorado at Colorado my junior year. You know, we were, we're, you know, backs, our backs are each other, but, you know, we're, we're running plays from our 40 in and they're running plays from their 40 in. All of a sudden, guys, you know, it's, I think it's on TV. I think they had it, you know, coming into the game. But uh, so that that's one time it got chippy. But that's that Michigan needs to get that figured out because those teams come out the tunnel right there. You're gonna keep you're gonna cross each other all the time. That's that's uh, Michigan needs to fix that. They need to build a different locker room. So I think that's like the third or fourth time this has happened in the last couple of years that players and there's some altercations. Obviously Michigan and Ohio State, but both locker rooms are like right there. Both teams walk out of the tunnel. We never had that I, at any stadium I played in. Locker rooms are always on opposite sides to prevent issues from ha- like that happening. So that's that that's going to continue to happen as the day is long. As long as both teams, you're literally I mean, that hallway is ten yards wide, and you're walking by your opponent. Someone's going to say something eventually, and then then something's going to start, and then it looks bad because you have ten guys surrounding you know surrounding two guys. So yeah, that's uh, that's I mean bad deal. The Michigan State players need to be smarter, but. Michigan also needs to be a little more, I would say, they need to do a little better job uh, organizing that whole deal because that's that's going to continue to happen as long as as long as those team, two teams are sharing that tunnel. It just feels like the, the Michigan dude got grabbed and jumped, right? I mean, mm-hmm. but yeah, Michigan Stadium's 100 years old. They're not going to rebuild a tunnel. But, I mean, this is the second time in a month where you've had issues because you're right about Penn State and now that rivalry game. And how are you alone if you're a teammate? You know what I mean? Where's where's your brothers? Where's your help? <laughs> so I don't have, yeah, it can happen, yeah. I, I don't have 10 guys around me in white jerseys ticked off. They just got rolled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a good point. But they just need to do you, – you've seen a lot, too, where teams kind of cross end zones. Yeah. It's one of those situations where – you got to hold the team back. Mm-hmm. You can't just have everyone going in there at the same time. And I, they probably that probably happened, but then you get then you get you know some guys will hang around and go say hi to friends and family that that come down to the field level. You see that in Nebraska games, but obviously you know the teams go out opposite corners. But that's one of those situations where if you might need to have some other coaches or security or something just to hang around for those guys to make sure they get back. Just those situations don't happen. I can't imagine this ever happens again. 
uh, unless it's Ohio State for some reason. But this is there's been too many incidents incidences now to where Michigan would should you know they need to put a better plan, implement a better plan, and put it in place to make sure this doesn't happen anymore. Jay, NFL thoughts will get you out on this. Uh, Mac and San Fran look great against the Rams. Uh, he did the old Eric Crouch tribute, uh, catching, throwing, running uh, for touchdowns. Uh, San Fran's now four and four. A, can they can they leapfrog in the NFC? NFC's down comparatively, uh, with the exception of the NFC East. Two, Tampa Bay, can they right the ship with Brady now that the the Tom and Giselle news is official? Can Brady move forward and just refocus? Yeah, 49ers going to be tough. I mean, making that trade for McCaffrey, they're, it was kind of similar to what L.A., the Rams did last year. You know, they went out and got, uh, I think, did they get, they, I know they traded for Von Miller and maybe Odell Beckham last year. Yep, they went and That's got Beck for sure. Yeah, yeah, I know they got a couple guys to, to make that push to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, it worked out well for them. This is kind of a similar play, I think, by the 49ers. You go get a guy like McCaffrey. That defense is already pretty darn good in San Francisco. You know, obviously they got they got beat up a little bit the week before by the Chiefs, but I who who doesn't get beat up by that offense? But uh, you got you. I, I like San Francisco what they are able to do. The NFC West is pretty solid, but you know it's really right now it, it just looks like it's the Eagles and about three other teams in the NFC that have a real chance. AFC is obviously much deeper. Then you look at Tampa Bay. That's just you know obviously what what Tom's dealing with off the field, and we knew he's something happened, you know, during training camp when he missed about 10 days. So, it's, you know, you feel bad for the guy in a situation like that. But I, I tell him people, you know, Brady has always struggled when Gronkowski hasn't been available. You know, you look at the years they've struggled in, in New England, you know, I don't think – I think Gronk was down with injuries. And just having a guy like that, just a, 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 a safety mode that you can kind of just always rely on, and the offensive line is, hasn't been as good – uh, defense, you know, don't have Sue. You know, that's that's can be a little bit of a factor as well. But obviously, with what Brady's doing personally, and I think not having Gronk for the first time in a long time, that puts that puts some pressure on that offense. And you just you just you know they got you know Evans and some other guys. But listen, you know, Gronk Gronk took bodies away from Evans and other and other guys. People probably had to respect Gronk more. Now you don't have that. Uh, I can't I can't think of their tight end off the top of my head. I know he's still a damn good tight end, but it's just not the relation that Gronk and Brady have developed for, you know, six, seven, eight, I don't have how many, uh, you know, 10 years plus with Gronk. So uh, I think obviously the off the field stuff and not having Gronk are the reasons why Brady is struggling. We'll see. They'll get it fixed. Brady's competitor. He's able to get it done. Jay Moore, Big Red Wrap-Up. Watch him, Nebraska Public Media tonight. Jay, we'll talk again soon, bud. Thanks for a few minutes. Yep. Thanks, Smitty.